Welcome to St. James Bible Bites. This podcast was recorded live at our Sunday morning service. We continue our series exploring our purposes and values at St. James as the body of Christ. This week we are looking at Rooted in Prayer. The readings are taken from Psalm 37, verses 3 to 7, and then uh, 39 to 40, and Acts 4, verses 23 to 31. And our talk this week is by the Reverend Fabian Burtz. You can watch the whole service on our Facebook page, as well as our YouTube channel, both linked on our website. The first reading is Psalm 37, verses 3 to 7 and 39 to 40. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is taken from Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31. The Believer's Prayer. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. We just sang to call the seekers, and we are all seekers. Whether we've been on that journey for decades, or whether we hear your voice for the first time this Sunday. We thank you for the privilege we have to come to you in prayer. And as we explore that theme today, may we be challenged, encouraged, strengthened, especially in this season of Lent, a season of prayer and fasting. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Um, at the very start, I need to apologize. I forgot my glasses, so I think I can barely see my notes. <laughs> I can. And I can barely see the notes on the Holy Communion, so it might be an interesting time together. Um, but we are in this series of exploring the vision of the church, um, and we've looked at the three purposes, uh, which is uh, what we want our common life to be. Uh, as we meet on Sunday, as we meet in the houses, uh, during the week, life groups, as we uh, put on events, we want to be those places where people can encounter God, maybe for the first time, in a way that's relevant to them. We want to be a community of people that are committed to grow in uh, following Jesus, in becoming more like him, um, in the way that reflects uh, in what we do and say, and we want to participate in the life of his spirit. So if this is new for you, um, you can go on our YouTube channel, and the talks are there. We've explored that uh, a few weeks ago. And then we are starting now to looking at the principle. Well, how do we put that into practice? And the last two weeks, we've looked at being generous, and that the generosity is at the heart of who God is, and what it means to be generous. And today we're going to look at being rooted. And for three weeks, there will be three themes. Rooted in prayer today. Next week, rooted in scripture or the Bible. And the week after, rooted in the life of Jesus. So there's a beautiful picture there of roots. Um, and I think we're all aware that a healthy tree needs big, deep, healthy roots and um, a little bit like an iceberg. Um, often our lives is a reflection of what is going on beneath. And so what does it mean to root ourselves as a community, uh, but also personally in a life of prayer? And I think it's very relevant because we're just starting the season of Lent. We had a service, uh, Ash uh, Wednesday service this Wednesday, which started the season of Lent. And you will hear in the prayer that we have during Holy Communion, at certain time of uh, the year, we have specific prayer. The, 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 the communion prayers change slightly. And so you will hear the story of being in these 40 days, uh, and it will say, for in these 40 days, you lead us into the desert of repentance, which is meant to redirect repentance, is redirecting our thoughts and our hearts towards God. That through a pilgrimage of prayer and discipline, we may grow in grace and learn to be your people once again. That through fasting, prayer, and acts of service, you bring us back to your generous heart 
and through studying your holy word, you open our eyes to your presence in the world and free our hands to welcome others into the radiant splendor of your love. So when we think about prayer, and prayer is a big subject, and at the start of the service, um, one person says, I'm looking forward uh, for your talk on prayer. Uh, I, I feel the pressure. I'm going to have to answer all the questions. It says, because you know, prayer is strange. You know, how, do, how do we know it works? And in the passage we read in the New Testament, we, we see that the believers start with sovereign Lord. And often the question, well, if God is sovereign, if he knows everything, he even knows our needs before we even talk, why do we pray? So I'm afraid I'm not going to really answer all those questions because prayer has that reality of mystery. But prayer works. Um, and it's uh, William Temple, who was the former Archbishop of Canterbury, says, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. Maybe that's the best answer to prayer. When I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. So today we're going to explore those uh, two readings. Why I choose Psalms? Because Psalms is a wonderful book of prayer. And we should, as a community and individually, regularly, maybe daily, read psalms, having a way, a rhythm of reading the psalms. And that's at the heart of the Church of England morning prayer. If you do morning prayer, evening prayers, there will always be a bit of a psalm. And I think you go through the psalms once every month and a half or two months. So you get kind of um, soaked into that reality because psalms go through all kinds of prayer. Prayer of praise, prayer of gratitude, um, prayer of anger, of questioning, of where are you, God, um, prayer of trust. So we're just going to explore one of those psalms, and in it we'll discover something about the context of prayer, the context. And we're going to look at three areas, trust and right action, delight and commitment, and waiting and surrounding. So pray in the context of trust and right action. We have this verse starting in Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord and do good. Now the context of that psalm was a people who were seeking to live the life God had called them to live at the time was through the Torah, through the law. And that made them different from the nations around them. They were living differently. And at times, um, it looked like living as God wanted didn't pay off. It looked like that those who wanted to do whatever they wanted and they showed kind of wickedness and deceit and dishonesty and they were two-faced and malicious, they were prosperous. They were doing better. And so they had to learn, as they were living that way of life and prayer, to trust in the Lord and to continue to do good. To live the kind of life God is calling us, we need a lot of trust because it goes against the current. We need a lot of trust if we want to live out this kind of love that we hear um, in Paul's words. Love is patient. 
Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't look at those who succeed, even if they're doing it in a bad way. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It doesn't speak unwell of others. When we find angry, we still honor them. We protect them. And we have, if we have something to say, we go to the person. We don't start gossiping around. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Just to note, anyone who's married knows that's such a challenge. <laughs> when you live at close proximity with one another, I think it's the reality in a church. I think the closer we get to each other, the reality we see that we, you know, we are still on a journey, all of us. Keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So trust in the Lord. That's our call to be, to be a community that expresses God's love, who is patient towards us, who is kind towards us, who didn't come to boast but came in Jesus, a baby in a manger, who never dishonored his disciples, who challenged them then, but always was there to build them up. God was not self-seeking, but gave his life on our behalf. So trust in the Lord. The context of our prayer is a context of trust, but also of action, of living out the way God wants us. And as we do, we realize we need prayer. We need uh, to ask God to help us, to strengthen us, so prayer in the context of trust and action, but also prayer in the context of delight and commitment. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you another translation, the longing of our hearts. Now the problem with that is that it feels a bit transactional. I'm going to do my bit for God, that's my delight, and um, he will going to do his bit. And we think that his bit is that um, he's going to give me a dream job that's going to bring a lot of money. Um, um, he's going to maybe give me a good position, fame and prosperity, maybe the perfect partner. Um, he will assure me some good health and possibly, if you're a vicar, good looking. No. <laughs> but there is nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong with wealth. There's nothing wrong with health. It's a prayer we should, you know, we should make. There's nothing right in being really poor and struggling. But it's where we delight. You see, if we delight in the wealth, or in the status, or in material possession, is that what we seek first, then we will not be satisfied. We will always feel, at the end, empty and lonely. And it's actually um, uh, an actor, Jim Carrey, who says, I think everybody should get rich. I would say amen to that prayer. No, you need to listen to what he said. I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. That's Jim Carrey who said that. I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it is not the answer. What an honest person. And I love Jim Carrey. I think there is a lot of depth, uh, although he's you know, one of the biggest uh, comedians there is around, but with such depth. 
I think he knows something about being rich and famous and that it is not the answer. And so delight in God. Keep learning from God's wisdom and keep trusting in all circumstances. So that's about delight and committing ourselves, committing ourselves to his ways and trusting. And so when we pray, um, we have kind of three areas. We say thank you. Thank you, God, for all the blessings um, before we start looking at our problems. Thank you, God. And we say sorry, and we've done that in our uh, service today. Sorry, we confess all those things that we know do not reflect his purpose and his intentions. And then we ask, please, give us today our daily bread. Please meet our needs in the best way you know to meet them. The New Testament put it that way. What does it mean to delight in the Lord, to commit our ways? He says, to put him first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all the necessities of life will be given to you as well. So to trust, delight, commit, and we can learn to rest in God's promise that he will look after us. But I thought that's also I like. How often do we go with all our words and all our frustrations and all our anger and our questions, when do we stop before God in silence? Where do we still ourselves to take the time to be with God, to receive from him, to hear his voice. And so we have here, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret. And the context is when people succeed in their way, but in a way that is not um, um, a Christian. Be still and know that I am Lord, the Lord. That has been the verse that has been with me through the pandemic. It was not easy to be stilled when you are thrown into a context you don't know how to be a vicar in. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently. Now when we pray, we have to wait at times because there are three ways God will answer your prayers. One, it will be yes, and sometimes the answer comes quite quickly. One is no, because God knows best. But often is wait. Or often is yes, but not in the way you are making that prayer. I have something better for you. But wait is difficult. I know that for many years people have come faithfully praying for Taunton, praying for spiritual revival. They're still, in a sense, waiting. And yet all those prayers are also answered. There is a fervor in the churches at the moment, an expectation that, that God is present and uh, will talk to people's heart. To be still is to give time to God to speak to us. What an incredible opportunity it is to hear from the wisest, the best person in the world, God himself, who knows what we need and who knows how to guide our lives. So listening prayer is a beautiful and vital part of our prayer life. And so we have the quiet space. We've made a space that if you are available from nine to five in the week, um, you can come and be quiet. You might have your own space of where you like to be quiet, or you might need to be active to be quiet. Sometimes some people, they sit down 
And that's not the best place to be quiet because all the things that comes in your mind and sometimes to make a nice walk is a way to quiet down your minds and your thoughts and to be with God. So walking uh, could be another way to find that time with God where you can listen to him. And of course, we want also our prayer ministry to be a time when we listen to God. So when you come for prayer, it's not just about talking to God about you know, the needs you share. It's also some time of silence to listen to what God might be saying together. So the context in Psalm, and I would encourage in this season of Lent to read maybe one Psalm a day um, and to see the richness of all those prayers. But trust and do good, delight in God and commit your ways and be still before God. So that's the context. What about the content of our prayers? Well, we're just going to look at one prayer, one prayer from that young church. Uh, Acts is the, 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 the kind of the beginning of um, God's uh, coming of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church, full of energy, um, but also full of challenges. And so we have here one prayer, but there are many prayers in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. And one way to grow in our prayer is to look at all those prayers. Maybe today you can copy and paste through your computer and you might go, you know, prayers of the Old Testament, prayers of the Old, and you might make a few pages and read those prayers. They will nourish your prayer life. They will help you with words and ideas. So what kind of content we have in this prayer? Well, it starts with sovereign God. They start saying their prayers with sovereign God, sovereign Lord. You made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. That's prayer is about thinking of God's character and God's being and reminding ourselves of the stories in Scripture of where we discover God's character and God's being. He is our creator. He is good. He is love. He is faithful. In our prayer, we can name those, and it will help us maybe shift our kind of thoughts and our pattern of thoughts from quite a gloomy at the moment time, as we fill our thoughts often with news and gloomy news, to the reality of God. And they do that in a context of uh, being threatened. If you look just before, uh, John and Peter had been arrested, put in prison for one night, and threatened because the authority didn't want them to speak about Jesus, and especially about Jesus being resurrected from the dead, had been seen and touched, because that meant the Jesus they had crucified was their Messiah. They realized that's the message. And so... And they start with sovereign God. And then they look at scripture. And it's so important in our prayers to be filled with scripture. And I wonder whether, I, thank you very much, I need to have this microphone on. Who's on the uh, sound team? I think it's Martin. Um, I wonder if there has been a particular scripture for you lately or in the past that has helped you in your prayer. A story, a promise that readily came and was part of your prayer. I know that kind of throwing that to you, but if there is, it will come. It will pop in your head straight away. Um, one of them for, for, for me was, uh, do not worry about anything. 
but in every circumstance, by prayer and petition, you know, um, tell God all your needs and the, uh, the, 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 the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind. That's the idea. There will be a sense of, although things might not change, um, you will sense God's presence with you. So that was one of the verses that um, was very close uh, to me. Is there something, a promise, that has been helpful for you for your time of prayer as you've been praying? Yes, Celia? Um, some of you know I had a very bad breakdown about, um, uh, I don't know, about 12, 13 years ago. And um, when I was getting better, I was very aware of light and darkness. Um, so I've kept a, a Christmas card that I had from someone that said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Mm, thank you very from much. John's Gospel. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Chris. I was about to go on a mission um, in France and the more I prayed about it, to be honest, um, the more concerned I was getting because um, I realized that my French wasn't that brilliant. <laughs> and um, I told somebody about it and they quoted the verse to me, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And uh, I believe mm -hmm. it's 1 Peter. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Hi, for me it was uh, Jeremiah 29. Verse 11, know I have a plan for you, says the Lord, plan to prosper and not to harm you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when things get really dark, it's easy to forget that, that mm -hmm. ultimately he always has a plan to do good for us. Mm -hmm. Thank you so very much. Yeah. Last one. No, that's fine. Cecilia, like, like with me, um, uh, Chris, like with me, you, you're kind of a step ahead of everybody here because everybody knows that French is going to be the language of heaven. <laughs> you, you didn't know that? Because it takes an eternity to learn it, you know? That's why. So, so scripture, stories of... Um, and so here we have, they tell uh, something about the scripture. They put that into their context. Um, something that David in the Old Testament wrote. And saying those scripture aloud shift their understanding because now in the light of the scripture they understand the events. Then they said, indeed Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed. And it gives them an insight. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand. Um, beforehand should happen. That's when I can't see. There we go. So something like that. Um, but what it means is that by being filled with the scripture, they could see something they might hadn't see uh, in, in the beginning. But also what I like here is that they're just speaking about facts. Like, like God doesn't know. Of course knows what those. But they still speak the facts. And prayer is that. You know, you, you tell the story that you, you, know, that, that you live through. 
you use those words, you spank the facts. You know, when, when you look at the news, you might say, God, I find it very difficult when I see what's happening in Ukraine, when I see the wars, I can't understand. You, you share those facts, but maybe in your mind will say, but I remember that, you know, when we don't follow your ways, you do say that, you know, darkness might come or that. So you speak to God what's really going on. God is not afraid of that. And, and that leads them to uh, the final. They come after some insights to their request. And uh, for me, I'm kind of um, ashamed when I sometimes read some of the boldness of their prayer with my prayers. Um, if I'm in a place of I've just been threatened and put in prison, I think my prayers would be, Lord, you know, protect me and make sure that I'm okay, make sure my... my... There is nothing of that here. They said, no, Lord, make us even bolder. They said, give us boldness to speak about the truth. Give us boldness to speak about the truth and show signs of your presence. Those are the two requests they make. Consider their threat and enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness and stretch out your hands to heal and perform signs and wonders. So boldness in proclaiming. That might mean to be instruments despite we know all the things that still need to grow and change in our life. It's this prayer, Lord, use my life to speak to others about your goodness, about your greatness, about your kindness. Use my words to bring life and truth and hope around me. Help me to be bold. And the signs of God's presence and blessing, uh, we heard last week uh, an amazing story of God's healing when the church comes together in prayer. And um, that's wonderful. And signs of wonders. But it could also be that God will help people to understand who he is. That God is real. That God speaks. That God acts. That prayer changes things. It changes situation, it changes people, it redirects our thoughts, it heals. So prayer is more than words. Prayer is about God, prayer is about sharing what's really going on, and prayer is about aligning ourselves to his intention and purpose in our lives. So a little, little conclusion, and then after that, if you forget everything, keep this last, last slide in your mind. But, so something about the context we have in, uh, in the Psalms. Um, we need to trust and do good as part of our prayer life, to delight in God and commit our ways to be listening and surrounding. And in the New Testament, we learn about praying is about God's character and his being and his deeds. It's about including scripture and the stories in our prayer. And it's about praying with boldness. But if you just want three simple tips, those are the tips. Keep it real, keep it simple, and keep it going. <laughs> keep it real, keep it simple, and keep it going. I found this wonderful prayer um, in, on, on the internet, so I'm going to finish with that uh, this morning. Let's pray. God, you give me the strength I need to overcome any obstacles I face today. Help me to lay down my uncertainties for the future and my unmet expectations from the past. 
When I feel weak, help me to remember that you are strong. When I feel discouraged, remind me of the confident hope I have in you. I will choose not to be anxious about anything because I know that your comfort and protect and that you will comfort and protect me. So I surrender my fears and trust in you for breaking through, for, for a breakthrough. In Jesus' name, Amen. For more Bible Bite podcasts, simply visit our website www.stjamestaunton.co.uk and click on resources. Thank you for listening and may God be with you today.